0: You've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. Welcome back to rock and roll rabbit hole. Hey, hey, I can't believe we're back in the saddle again. It's been a while, man. We had a big show that we had to get ready for. We had to get a new drummer in for our band. I had some serious back issues for about two and a half months. Yeah. Well, I don't think I could have sat in this chair three months ago.
1: No, but we had a whole rock and roll situation to deal with, which was good. We put rock on a music situ- festival. That should be
0: our next podcast, I Rock think- and Roll Situation. I like
1: it. I <laughs> know <then> we played, <laughs> there was played for
0: hundreds of people at a festival and got great responses. And it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But we did have to neglect the podcast, which well. we didn't like. But you know what? We're grown up, man. We've got jobs and people in our lives. And I, hey, I got engaged. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's huge news. Took, I mean it took eleven years, but yeah. I got engaged and, and you know Cynthia uh, someone asked her when the date was and she said it'll be sometime between next week and eleven years. I think that's a good range. <laughs> I
1: think it's uh, yeah. It's pretty, I pretty like forgiving it. window. I'm a bit <laughs> of a George
0: Costanza. so let's put it off
1: just a little while longer. <laughs> Goodness. You know, just in case. Well congratulations for uh, on you. the on the uh on the live broadcast here, so Alright,
0: good job. So deal. we're gonna do the opening ceremony. So I think we should. Yeah. Alright, so tonight's beer is New Glarus Brewings Spotted Cow, the beer of Wisconsin.
1: Yes, it uh, is the official beer of Wisconsin. I was
0: uh, we were in Milwaukee to see our one of our favorite bands, Nerf Herder. Yeah. Uh, a month and a half ago, and then I went back up to get engaged in Green Bay Just and went to get the Wisconsin of that Dells. Town. So I brought home some some spotted cow and we're gonna Pop that right now and pour it into our lovely glasses. Mine being a Packers glass. <laughs> Yours is just a Sierra Nevada Sierra yeah. very
1: run of the mill beer. The like one
0: I usually g- use, but I'm just like we're going, going to true. we're going to Green Bay in a couple of weeks and we're going to go down to training camp and see him take on the Saints. And so I thought let's let's drink some spotted cow while we're You're going to have to declare
1: like so, sort of a, a dual citizenship. Right, this, the, the the bluegrass state, tax breaks and uh, the great state of Wisconsin. I'm gonna set this up here. We get no product placement, no, we get no funds well, from, from New Glaris. But cheers over to the right a, rabbit hole to engagements and all the good stuff.
0: Then we have a double. Ah, we're also going to be sampling barrel bourbon based in Louisville, Kentucky. They are blenders, not distillers. Another sidecar. This car. is batch 33.
1: <laughs> I've tried it already once. Butch has not. They kept track of how many batches, and this is the thirty third. I is suppose. the thirty
0: third they've released. Yeah, well, good. And we are going to be who makes it? Did you say, did you say barrel it? bourbon out of Louisville, Kentucky? Barrels. So bourbon. they source bourbons from several states, blend them together. Oh. sometimes finish them in other barrels. Oh. this though is a straight bourbon. Oh, so this is this is uh, barrels from I think Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Nice. Much so like the OKI, the tri-state.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, they call it, the, it. Is that a thing? I'm sure it is if you live close to the
0: borders oh, of these that's states. Yeah, wonderful, beautiful, spicy, and wonderful. A little bit, a little bit on the oaky side, off the, off pretty the top. Darn, but
1: pretty darn nice, though. Let's that's let that nice, open up.
0: That's a nice. Let's let that open bourbon. up, and we'll get back to it. It'll it'll open up some nice, some nice new flavors
1: for it's us. A nice drinking bourbon. Okay, right. so let's get into the topic tonight, which is uh, money for nothing the colossal hit by Dire Straits. And here's the tale of the tape. (laughs) Money for Nothing is a song by British rock band Dire Straits. The second track on their fifth effort from 1985, which is called Brothers in Arms, a a mighty, mighty uh, album. It was released as the album's second single at the end of June that same year. Uh, the song's lyrics are written from the point of two working-class men watching music videos at an appliance store and commenting on what they see <laughs> and uh, to the uh, awaiting ears of one Mark Knopfler. Uh, the song features guest appearance by Sting, of course, and uh, in July of 1985, the month following its release, Dire Straits and Sting performed this at Live Aid, the famous concert also featured in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. The groundbreaking video was the first to be aired on MTV Europe a couple years later. It was Dire Straits' most commercially successful single, number one for three weeks in the United States, number one in the Canada, number four in the band's native United Kingdom, four also in Australia, New Zealand, Austria, and Finland. Uh, The song won a Grammy in 1986 for Best Rock Performance and uh, was nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year as well. At the 1986 MTV uh, Video Music Awards, the music video received 11 nominations, winning Video of the Year and Best Group Video. Pretty well-deserved, I would say. Yeah, well, and it was was very
0: much culture-changing when it came out. And we were, you know, being Gen Xers, we were teenagers at the time. We were eating it up. And, right, and it was so different, and to me that was the kind of the 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 big thing that hit. You know, like so many other songs that we've that we've talked about on the, on this podcast, the video really helped boost it up. It was a good song, oh, very yeah. good song, yeah. But catchy riffs, yeah. And the but the video really is what propelled
1: it because it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. No, I agree. It was was like one of the first uses of full digital animation. Like we had seen stop motion uh, quite a bit. We had seen claymation at this point. Yep. Like the California raisins, right? But this was all digital, pretty blocky. I heard somebody compare it to Minecraft. (laughs) Like kind of a worse Minecraft. But I was trying to explain to my kids how... uh, innovative and new it looked at the time it was sort of fascinating it looked kind of three dimensional and alluring did yeah. it not it was so weird looking and so <laughs> surreal looking yeah. that it made you want to watch it you Definitely. know
0: even though it was people watch it now having seen the modern cgi and things like that and they're just like oh this must be a joke right well, was, sure. think about pong It was like the Pong of its era in terms of music videos and CGI. Yeah,
1: it is Pong compared to like the new, uh, you know, digital animation or like, uh, what are they, CGI? It was some early
0: program called Paintbox, I think. Paintbox. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, and I think those guys went on to form like a really big uh, graphics company, you you know, like digital graphics company.
1: But was it but, not fascinating at the time? Absolutely like, so fascinating.
0: You know, our friend Harold and I—we would see it. You know, we'd be sitting watching videos together as teenagers, so we we could not get dates with women. And we <laughs> we would see it. We always would perk
1: up because it's like this is such a weird, cool video. You know, it was it was just really bizarre and cool, and had some live performance shots in there. But and they also did the little the, scribbles on yeah, it. Yeah, so
0: they also digitized that because you know Mark Knopfler hated videos. Right, he thought they were taking away from the the art, yeah. You know? And and it was just he was he was a little bit out of his time there and in trying to yes. insist that they wouldn't do anything but a performance video.
1: He was uh, dragged kicking and screaming into the MTV, yeah. era, I believe. So. yeah
0: And it was like MTV was like, well, we want to play it. They loved it, but they yes. were like, but unless you do something different, we're not going to play it. Oh, because no one wants to see just. Dire Straits up there playing their instruments.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody.
0: I mean, <laughs> and one writer that what I, I found this article said. You know, let's face it, Dire Straits is not that interesting to look at.
1: <laughs> Mark Knopfler is not an extremely attractive he's rock not, star. He doesn't really fit. The he's bit. not like David Lee Roth up there uh, <laughs> doing splits and. That's a nice comparison. And, you know, I mentioned in the tale of the tape, the uh, performance at Live Aid, kind of the worst thing you can do as this kind of balding, middle-aged, you know, fairly, fairly, I'll say it, homely rocker, is to stand next to Sting. That is not well planned. Not well planned. Right. (laughs) But anyway, God bless him. It's like you stand next to
0: Patrick Swayze.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the
0: bourbon. Did you ever had, do that? Yeah. I've already had two sets. <laughs> oh sips. man,
1: it's terrible, yeah. Oh this is nice. This is good. It's kinda kinda like sitting by a fire, you know, and Oh yeah.
0: And there's now there's a fire in my belly. Um so it's interesting that the, the song I'm sure that it, you when, when, when we don't talk about this before we get on the air, we always come in blank. We don't have any discussions about what we're gonna talk about, so it's right. always kinda raw. So Yeah i'm sure you read i never knew this that they were going for a zz top guitar sound yeah
1: you know isn't that wild it it you know when you hear that and you say oh it does sound like zz top (laughs) but i don't think i ever put that together because they're such different bands right right so different vibes from totally different countries like zz top being from texas that is about sort of as rootsy american as you can get in a way and but, yeah, Mark Knopfler was apparently obsessed with ZZ Top and their sound, which I could see they were ruling the airwaves at <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, they were. But he tried to get that sound. <laughs> they, the story is, and I don't know if there's any truth to it, is that there was uh, some odd mic placement yeah. from just the night before that they didn't really set it up. And one was That's what the, the exactly producer, Neil
0: Dorsman said. that he, he wasn't sure that he had
1: rearranged the mics in the proper way. Yeah, that was it. Was not textbook whatsoever. Yeah. It was all kind of wrong, but it made a right sound. Yep, yeah, and they were you like, know? "Well, this is
0: what we got, so let's just you go know? with it." And they liked it, and <laughs> so it's, it's it's really interesting when you get an accident like that that turns into gold, basically. Totally
1: gold. It will live in infamy now, you know. So, but what do you think about the song, like mentioning MTV on MTV? It's kind of a really odd. Thing. Well, I think we should talk about how he wrote the song. Sure. You know, yes. you mentioned it. You oh, mentioned yeah.
0: it in in the, in the intro. The this tape, is very much looks, part of the yeah, lore. So he was yeah. he was at a furniture store in in New York. Right. And he was just like walking by and there was this wall of TVs. They were all tuned to MTV. It sounded like the, like whatever that that day's equivalent of the Best Buy, you know, kind yeah, of situation. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And so there were these two workers and there was one that was just really going off on,
1: oh, you know, look at that guy. We've all heard this person somewhere, right? Sure. That just likes to talk. He was yeah. just
0: some some boomer who was just <laughs> offended that that they were making money and you know by doing their quote-unquote art. But he sat down and just started writing down the stuff these guys were saying. And he wrote it all out and, and a lot of the lyric of that song is just literally their
1: quotes that he got from that experience and that was like he was just like okay this is the song he claims it to be pretty much verbatim he said yeah. he had to clean it up a little bit yeah you know because there's probably some pretty tough language yeah because these were guys who were moving refrigerators and
0: custom kitchen <laughs> in new york deliveries yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know and they could have been on a seinfeld episode
1: for all we know yeah so did you hear that Knopfler had a background as a journalist yes i did know that yeah <laughs> I wrote down what the newspaper he worked for was. Let me see if I can find it. It was kind of like a very Britishy-sounding thing, Uh, the Yorkshire Evening Post. Yeah, how British is that? You know. So he was
0: trained in quoting people accurately, right, and kind of capturing that from a from a second person point of view. And that's you know, as a journalist myself, that's what I do. I go in there looking to tell someone else's story, you know, and so that's part of why. I have of a new respect for the song now that I know that that he
1: really was just reporting. I thought you would feel some kinship Absolutely, to that yeah. as a journalist. Uh, our buddy Brian Henneman from the Bottle Rockets once said that a lot of his songs are like a police report. You know, so yeah. where he's re- basically just reporting what he saw and what you know was going on. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if the guy ever. I guess he probably never knew that he was the source. Of one of the biggest songs Like number one Probably not, no
0: He probably saw it on MTV Two years later And was like Oh, here we (laughs) go again With this Yeah (laughs) It would be great To interview that guy
1: Wouldn't Oh, somebody's gotta find him You know If he's still around
0: (laughs) He probably nastied away He's probably gone Uh,
1: Maybe so But he had some, you know, he had some kind of controversial statements included. I think he'd like to take one more run, maybe, in retrospect yeah. of toning it down a bit, yeah. the language. I want to get to that a little bit later.
0: Okay, let's fine. talk a bit more about. But sure. So, you know, famously Sting was on that song. So, do you remember hearing the song and going, "That has to be Sting"? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't at the time. There was no Google. There was no way to find out. Why in the hell is Sting involved in this?
1: Yeah, it was a very like odd sort weird. of cross branding because the yeah. police were a big deal. Yep. At the time. So and is this
0: Sting just hanging out in his spare time? Well it turns out he was. He was on vacation where they were recording and he stopped by the studio. Apparently they were
1: friends. So they were in Montserrat. Montserrat. St- okay. Yeah. And, and Sting was windsurfing. Yeah. So this all tends to back up the sort of the uh, the narrator of the songs, kind of (laughs) his his take on these guys, right? They were (laughs) it's true. (laughs) They were
0: living some kind of dream life. It sounds like. So, but but you know he apparently he stopped by the studio and they played him the song and I I read a story and, and apparently Sting said something like, "You bastards have really done it this time."
1: Yeah, he, he knew was, it was a hit. He was yeah. so
0: impressed, and well, then then they started talking, and so I heard, I saw two different takes. Okay. One was that Steen came up with the "Let's add this." I want my MTV. Right. One was that Mark already had it but wasn't using it, and mentioned it, and then they devised it. What a great question! As the what, and um, I don't know the truth yeah, here, but the chicken or the egg. What what, you know what, what, what right. I understood was that originally the original recording it just started with a guitar lick. Da, 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 da. Right. but then they
1: added that you know the intro was I, you know I'm not going to say the dreamy <laughs> you know, we can't pay the publishing but the, the dreamy spacey intro you're saying that was added? and then it yeah. comes in yeah so that my m, what I understood was they
0: added that on and then added the sting backing vocals at the end right I think you know, the
1: so. the album cut is like 8 minutes eight somebody? and a half minutes yeah it's did crazy. you try to wade through that no I think uh, it would have driven you up the wall. Yeah, it would have killed me. I, I would, I would not be here right now. But uh, I had every intention of of trying to listen to that, see what that was. I, I wouldn't anticipate. I would like that, you know, no. that the, version. I mean, it, it was long enough at four and a half
0: minutes, the commercial version. Long, it's long enough for me. I'm probably <laughs> a minute more than I need.
1: But, so, so Sting received a writing credit.
0: Yeah. And that was at the insistence of his publishing company. Oh yeah, of course. Because he was like, he didn't want it because he didn't feel like he deserved it, and they were like, nope, 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 we're gonna because <laughs> they knew they would get money out of that. So right, right. So yeah, <laughs> but apparently Knopfler was fine with with letting Sting
1: have some of that. I don't think there's any bad blood in the whole situation, no, but I, mean, not I, I not that I read really. that was probably a pretty big cut of money. Oh, it had that to be. That went down, you know. Oh, it so, had to be. Yeah. But anyway, what's yeah. interesting
0: is like, yeah, I it's like he's saying it to the tune of "Don't stand so close to me," yeah. Which at the time I didn't get.
1: No, I didn't think I of didn't that either. Think about it.
0: It's so obvious now. It's so obvious. Yeah. And I and I later and later in my life, someone said, "Oh, did it's funny he sang it?" And I'm like,
1: "Oh my gosh, I did not even get that." That's how well it was done. How did we not catch that? No, yeah. oh, I agree. It was it was well so, done. Yeah. To what extent do you credit Sting's? falsetto kind of dreamy vocal for this becoming a big hit I, like
0: i still think it would have been a big hit oh, ah. with the video nice nice i think the sting thing was just 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 a little extra cut on the diamond as i like to say <laughs> right a little extra little extra whipped cream on the pie <laughs> if you like will
1: <laughs> but yeah i think sting did a, a a pretty good job i think his vocal uh it kind of repeats so much that it tends to become somewhat annoying, I think, in a way. Yeah. Um, but I thought they paired together nicely. It was sort of the Beauty and the Beast, again, in that Knopfler's voice is such that kind of low, kind of uh, workman-like, kind of mm-hmm. tough street voice, you know? And then yeah. Sting has this sort of ethereal, you know, kind of yeah. true pop vocal, uh, you know, beautiful beautiful tone and and so they work really well together yeah made for a
0: really a nice uh and both voices are extremely unique there's Uh, there's so both voices are unique
1: you know who you're hearing when you listen yes
0: instantly (laughs) instantly and that's i think that's a a a good point that it that they worked so well together because they were so different and so distinctive you know
1: no. Agreed. So while we're on the point of Sting's part, the I want my MTV. Uh, I think the police recorded one of those uh, I want my MTV spots that reoccurred on MTV as they tried to get on more cable networks. They sort of struggled at first to get. You know, you're always the struggle for a, you know, like a burgeoning yeah. cable network or station is to try to get on as many cable systems as possible. Yep. So you remember the I want my MTV. Yep. The you promotion. know. Promotion. Yep. So that, that's what the. The take was there was a man sure. named George Lois was hired. He was a 60s ad man. You know, you can picture him like the madman. Madman, yeah, yeah. He's drinking bourbon and smoking cigarettes. But he came up with I Want My MTV promotion, which I think was very successful and very effective. And uh, he should have got a writing credit, maybe. <laughs> so, probably should have. I wonder if you ever
0: pursued that. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I never, I didn't come across anything like that. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was, uh, everyone remembers that because it was a thing like I lived in Clark County we didn't get MTV right oh, away it I know. took a long yeah. time so I was How going sad. to to my friends houses in in Floyd County yeah to watch MTV and that's you know and I literally would I would call my friend Dana and say can I come watch M T V? And she'd say, Yeah, I'm not gonna be home, but just come over and my mom will let you in.
1: <laughs> Can I borrow your TV? Yeah, I would sit <laughs> and
0: Harold and I would sit in her basement and watch MTV. So you wanted
1: your MTV. <laughs> I wanted my MTV.
0: That's why I was so successful.
1: Because we
0: were gonna... lobbying. Can we please get, you know, MTV?
1: <laughs> no doubt.
0: <laughs> so are
1: we now going to get into well, the controversies the controversy. Or, well, I think we might as well wade into that a little bit. I think it's the sort of the elephant in the room uh in, in this day and age, right? In,
0: yes. And I never really thought about it at the time. I, you know, I never, because it was the time it was.
1: Well, I've, I think it was the time it was, it wasn't as shocking. And there was a lot more liberties allowed in, yeah. in art or whatever. And, and I can see I could step on some toes even then. Um, so are we going to say the word or are we not going to say the word? I don't think we need to, know. Are we going to say
0: that we've called the F word? We can call it the other F word. How's, okay. how's that? It rhymes with maggot.
1: Yeah, and it and
0: it yeah, and we'll we'll just call it the other F
1: word. I'd say it's sort of a British-based slur, uh, you know, referring to gay people. Yes. Right. So, yep. Yep. and uh, I feel like I think as a I was a savvy enough I think we were savvy enough listeners, especially you, being an English major and whatnot, uh, that we realized this was coming as a Sort of a, uh, do you say second person? Uh, yeah. Kind of uh, dialogue that was coming from, from a character that was portrayed. The character was portrayed to be sort of an ignoramus. Yeah. And kind and of it was. A, and it was a, obviously a portrayed that way, right? right?
0: A guy who was working his butt off delivering TVs, and he was offended that there were people on. MTV, who are make he he pursued he pre- presumed were making way too much money for. Whatever. He had a
1: begrudging respect, is what a lot of people say. Yes. for for the scam that these MTV right. like he
0: beat they beat the game, and here I am yeah. delivering TVs and and hauling stuff around. Yeah,
1: but Knopfler's delivery, like I should have learned to play the guitar. You know, like it yeah. always kind of made him sound a little dumb, a little play thuggish, yeah. you know, <laughs> or whatever the word would be, like a, kind of a. An oaf, yep. you know? So he so said it was a hard hat mentality, which I yep. don't know if you want and to was, stereotype and he, that he, way.
0: I think he described the guy as kind of an ignoramus.
1: Yes. He was not someone who was progressive socially
0: or, you know. Right. And, and But like... It resulted like twenty five years later it got banned sh- for a couple of years in Canada, yes, from you know, one
1: complaint from Nova scotia from one complaint <laughs> from one letter
0: from Nova <laughs> Scotia they banned it <laughs> yeah, which is just that's the kind of crap that drives me crazy is that sort of early cancel culture over right. over a word that contextually okay, this is a word that I'm sorry, but you and I used that word when we were twelve. Probably so. I know some did. I did. Can because we be we,
1: retroactively canceled we, we for used that? It, <laughs> right, we used
0: it as a, an insult to our friends. You know, and, and I mean, it was just, you know, it's just a word that we used. And, I, it, yeah. you know, we didn't, I never meant it to be in any way demeaning.
1: Hurtful to other to people. A gay was, person or
0: any other person. Yeah, ever. Right. It was just one of those things that you just did as a kid. Right. So. He was in in the moment in the in the the time that was not that big of a, a deal to say that word in a song.
1: It didn't sound completely out of place it for the never for the sort of unenlightened my radar. time. Never that we my were radar. in my radar. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> but now it is because there was a there was a time in history when another word that we that we don't say anymore uh-huh. was commonplace. Sure, and it was and it was. Yeah. It became intended in a very negative way. Yeah, and I, and I used to work with a guy who's also named Kevin, and he he always talked about. It. He said, he said a word like that becomes, you know, unutterable because it becomes the the context. It's how how are you using the word mm-hmm. versus where it started. Okay. So if you're using the word in a very negative, very combative hurtful way, then that's what makes it a bad word, quote unquote. And so that's sort of what I think happened with this song is that at the time he used it, it was sort of a slur, but it wasn't as big a slur as this today.
1: Yeah, I think evaluating in in today's time it couldn't it wouldn't pass.
0: Context is a is a is an important thing. You know, and and as as Gen Xers it was nothing to us in middle school to say to call someone, you know, you're gay or you're, a, yeah. you're you're another f word, or you know it right. was nothing. We did it on the daily. You know? Yeah,
1: it's kind of odd that it was but it, such a thing. At but the but time. It doesn't. Yeah.
0: It, in no way did it mean it that Mark Knopfler was homophobic or no filled with hate he literally was writing down words that some other person said and he was making a parody of that person
1: yeah and i think the canadians the the eventually decided that they was did. the context after a couple it? of years yeah.
0: they finally said okay we're gonna let stations decide but there are still places where it's you know it's it's kind of banned i mean not you know people yeah. don't play it and then, i think they didn't they i know they changed the lyrics in
1: live they change yeah. it to Queenie. They change it right away, yeah. which I don't know how that's any much better. The little Queenie. I'm not sure how that's so much better. But, <laughs> I didn't think it was yeah. really better. But, you know, I, I feel bad that if it, if it hurts anybody. And, you know, I hope. Well,
0: right. That, and that's know, not a word that I would ever utter again as, as, no. a, as an epithet. But at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's a, a version of cancel culture, like negating art. Yeah, <laughs> especially after the fact. And I wrote and in my notes, I wrote down it's the Holden Caulfield syndrome. Oh, you know, Holden Caulfield was offensive to so many parents because they didn't want their kids to read the book, one of the greatest books ever written, one of my favorite books ever written. Yeah. And say, I don't want my child to think this or think that. I think that that you know, Holden Caulfield who was constantly cussing is a role model. I don't want, you know, Holden Caulfield who Basically instigated someone to beat him up so he could feel something. Oh They're, wow! You know, their yeah. parents were like, "We don't want them, my children, to think that this is a proper way to, you know, self hurt as a way to deal with something." Uh, you know, his his discussions about drug use and alcohol use—they didn't want to. But like he was portrayed the same way as as the guys in the video in the song, as a, a, a character that you didn't root for at all yeah Holden Caulfield was not someone you rooted for it
1: was someone you (laughs) tried to understand is it some version of your unreliable narrator or there you go unreliable narrator
0: but (laughs) so that's what it reminds me of is that you know it it was nothing it was not about attacking you know homosexuals or any you know any part of that culture it was about telling a story through the eyes of an unreliable narrator someone that you have to immediately say oh this guy's
1: his his way of looking at the MTV type culture, of people yeah. that were there with the you know uh, men with long hair and a lot of times and wearing an eyeliner and eyeliner, and eyeliner you know, sure oh. and
0: that's it was part of the the current culture and this was a guy who was probably in his fifties our age but who was not enlightened <laughs> enough not tolerant enough to go just go along with it and say okay yeah. that's the kids that's what the kids are doing you know <laughs> there's a lot of music today that I don't like but I don't. I don't get mad about you it. I just don't listen, <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> listen to it. Right? Just don't listen to it.
1: All right. So let me see if I've got anything. Oh, so Dire Straits was one of the early uh, digital bands. They recorded digitally. Uh, oh, one I didn't of the, know that. They're a I pioneer of that. Oh, cool. They're one of the first to go to CD when when CD players. Uh, I understood like around this time, CD players cost about a thousand dollars. But anyway, they were one of the first CDs to come out. So they also did the video uh, digitally. So they're er- early digital pioneers all around. Interesting. I thought those, yeah, I did not cool. know that. It
0: kind of had that really yeah. clean sound. It makes me didn't? think of that that scene in uh, in uh, The Wedding Singer. Oh. When Julia's uh, <laughs> boyfriend Glenn brings her that CD player and like, it cost me $1,500. You know, she's
1: What'd like, you, Do you want to play a record? <laughs> no. It, Jewels that plays CDs. I remember VCRs being eight hundred bucks or whatever. Oh yeah. Wow.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember asking my parents for a VCR for Christmas, and they were like, "Well, we're going to buy one, but it's so expensive, it'll be a family present." They said, we got, I never, "We got." never got to, to sell use it. the car. I never got to use it. Yeah. Oh, it. So that was my that was my Christmas present when I was sixteen or whatever. Is it something I never got to use? Oh god. And so look. I've got one more little tidbit before
1: we sign off. Oh no no! I got more. I got a little oh, do you? more. Okay, sure.
0: So give me what you. Well,
1: got. what I want to talk about is Knopfler seemed to dislike MTV as an institution oh, yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. He didn't like videos. He didn't necessarily like MTV he itself. It
0: undermined the artist. You know, artist part of it the artistry the yeah
1: sort of like it it's sort of like uh, why when, do you have to be pretty in order to get your songs played well which is a good point are, it's still, and I, yeah, it, it goes back to the video kill the radio star it, it harkens to me to the argument of like when somebody says oh you saw that movie the book was a lot better you know like yeah you know like if yeah. you hear an artist on it's the radio point. you can just point. fill in all the blanks yourself and how they look what what the song's about when MTV provides it to you, when a video provides it to you, I understand that. But I, I thought what was interesting is MTV's uh, embracing of this song. They played it like yeah. crazy. They and
0: loved I, it, even though it, it's
1: purported to or, almost put them in a bad light.
0: Don't you feel they like they got it? it? They got it, though. They you got think they, they it.
1: understood that it was? Oh, absolutely. Out of them?
0: Otherwise, they wouldn't have played it at all. I think they got it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. maybe they did that it was a little bit like sort of like saying, uh, you know, MTV is like sort of uh maybe too too ubiquitous or whatever, too everywhere, too influential on people, and Sting's vocal almost seems like he's hypnotized by MTV, I feel, you know, that sort of thing. So it's sort of the ironically damning of MTV, but I felt like it was a little bit sort of like the way MTV embraced it was sort of like how Uh, patriotic people embrace Born in the USA even though it was was had no idea what
0: it was about yeah
1: yeah, it was sort of not not really a pro USA kind of song when you really get down to it but anytime there's a chorus you can sing that feels positive I think people go for it and embrace it so let me see if I had anything else here I do have uh, one more thing I want to rant about that I forgot oh to. I love that there's a rant I really <laughs> like that I did want to mention uh, uh, Mark Knopfler's fashion sense a little mm-hmm. bit what did you make of the uh, sweat bands the wristbands, and the, the uh, like wasn't that suit, part of that jackets? Olivia Newton John stuff going on <laughs> oh maybe y'all. I mean, like I let's know. get physical maybe yeah. it was the remnants I don't
0: of know. it it was the 80s man no one knew what they were doing <laughs> I had I red so. pants.
1: I think so.
0: I had red pants. Um,
1: uh, well, look. Can we talk about Weird Al before we get to your thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. I want to save the rant as a maybe a finale. Okay. Right. Well, I've got I've got another fun story and a rant. So okay, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to get to both of those. So the the parody Weird Al did was I guess for the movie UHF. Yep. And he did the uh, Beverly Hillbillies like Money for Nothing Beverly Hillbillies parody. I don't think it's his finest work. What's what's your opinion? Of I didn't that? I didn't go and listen to it. It's I, awful. Yeah, I, I remember seeing seeing it or hearing it and I didn't like it. I really enjoy Weird Al. I think he almost always nails a song, always, like yeah. really really hits it. But that one to me is just probably should have been better off. Maybe from well, what I remember, it felt
0: like it's... a song that his label made him do.
1: Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was awful. Oh.
0: You need to parody this song, figure it out, and he just mailed it in. Well, he know, obviously had to find something for that song because it was so big. Yeah. He might but, punch yeah. us for you know if he was here, but yeah. So I'm out of notes. That's it for me. Okay. So one more point I want to make about about the the cancel culture okay issue of, of this <laughs> yeah. song, and
1: so I, I just started thinking we're gonna about walk it. back out on that thin ice. So Are we? Well, but it's
0: it undermines the art. Yes. Now, I'm going to take another pop culture reference. I don't know how much this is art, but okay. it's, it's a comparison I'm making. So, um, if you remember watching um, Revenge of the Sith.
1: Okay. I didn't see it, but I know of it. Okay. One of the Star Wars. In, Re- in yeah. Revenge
0: of the Sith, uh, Anakin Skywalker, who becomes Darth Vader, murders a room full of children. Comes in with his lightsaber and cuts their heads off, cuts their limbs off, murders them. I'm going to go on record to say I'm glad I didn't see that. (laughs) And that was never canceled. So is it worse to to use the other F word in a music video that's just a song, or is it worse to show murdering children in a movie? That never got canceled. So to me, that speaks a lot to... What sort what's a, behind that sort of complaint is that you know the the murdering children was a big context point in that story, and that's so some kind of
1: double standard
0: as far as how movies are exactly, and that's and that you know that's what I drew from that as I thought about it was like there are so many things that we accept every day, you know, but people will focus on a word, a word versus. Morality, you know.
1: No, I'm, I'm not I saying that. Well said, yeah.
0: And I'm not saying that 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 movie should be banned at all. I'm saying that if the if it's okay to for us to watch children being murdered, then why can't your kids listen to this song when they use a word that's fallen out of favor, but it was illustrative to a point that it was reality, you know?
1: So, all right. In context, that really—it it that's all I have to say like about that. Meant with bad intentions, no, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: and that's that's what bothers me about the, 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 you know, the cancel culture. And there there are certain things that I agree with, but there but there are times when I'm like, okay, this was forty years ago, you gotta let it go. <laughs>
1: you know, it was art
0: at the time. You know, so anyway, so one last thing that I stumbled across, and then we'll wrap this up, and nice. we'll we'll go and get a margarita, but uh, yeah. was uh. So, Nikki Six of Motley Crue insists. Oh, did you the, see this?
1: I was afraid of this. No, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I did hear it. He insists that. that the song was about <laughs> Motley Crue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I had to.
1: I had to say So, this. tell me this. Is this the ultimate narcissism?
0: Absolutely it is. Okay, good. <laughs> but it's also good marketing. Oh. I mean, come on. These guys were good marketers. They weren't great musicians. They were good marketers. So,
1: <laughs>
0: so here's the quote he, he said to uh, Blender Magazine in 2007. Yeah. Dire Straits of Money for Nothing was about Motley Crue. He said, Money for Nothing and Chicks for Free, the little other F word, got his own jet airplane. They were in a store that sells televisions, and there was a row of TVs all playing Motley Crue, and that's where it came from. That's his quote. He <laughs> just knows it was to me. That's just so. <laughs> that's
1: you know what a I mean, turd. Leave it to, leave <laughs> what? A, it, what a turd. Leave it to Tommy Lee to be self centered and kind of like well, it was Nikki about, Six. But I'm sure Tommy oh, well, Lee was well, cool know, with it. Yeah. Leave it to Nikki Six to be so self centered. Yeah. But you know, I've also heard <laughs> that the dude looks like a lady song. Another kind of sort of like the similar uh, kind of topic. Martin Uffler. Uh yeah yeah <laughs> no they they say that's also about Vince Neal of Motley Crue nah, I could so see that, I yeah. mean you know can ev- is every song about Motley Crue ultimately I mean I know all my songs are is it well yeah well yeah are, obviously right? that but it's like a six degrees to Motley Crue game we can might, right, might be able to play right every <laughs> song
0: about Kevin Bacon's
1: about Motley Crue you know. <laughs> it probably is somehow <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's a. It's an iconic hit of the '80s. Something that'll always 100%. be with us. It's it's. And um, I'll I'll never turn it off. It's because a juggernaut.
0: Radio, I'll never turn it
1: off. You know that says a lot, doesn't it? Because we probably heard it a blue million oh times, my right? Yep. Uh, and it it really that riff always sounds good. The the uh, kind of interesting, you know, that's the way you do it. Stuff is kind of yeah. always sounds pretty. Rafferty's
0: voice was so perfect for the song.
1: Yes, S- yeah. sort of that
0: almost conversational singer song right the way he delivered
1: it yeah he's a very melancholy acting yeah. fella i've noticed i don't i've only seen him smile a couple of times and i think it's because they said mark you gotta smile on this video or you know <laughs> that kind of thing but anyway still still kicking still doing music uh god yeah. bless him and uh oh one last little thing
0: i'll put a link in the in the notes the show notes yeah. if you're if you're uh downloading this and streaming um uh, there was a Back in the early 90s, my cousin Shane yes. uh, sent me some cassette tapes of this guy that, who called himself Mark Knopfler, and, oh. he, and he did prank calls on people, and he was hilarious. How'd he spell it? Well, I never knew <laughs> that, because he just always said it. He'd <laughs> oh, always just say, this is Mark Knopfler, and then Knoppler. he would go after these people. Oh, my and god. And they were hilarious. Oh, well, th- all these calls are now on YouTube. Oh, so, I will. If you're interested, if you like, you know, Roy D. Mercer type stuff, then you'll probably enjoy these calls. That's quite. It's, interesting. Stu- it's stuff that my cousin Shane and I still quote to each other. Thirty-five years later, we still quote it to each other. Right. Wow. So, yeah. That is interesting. He would. Man. He would say. People would say, "Who is this?" He said, "I said Mark Knopfler. Please try to pay attention." <laughs> he would always troll him that way because he would start getting them mad. They say, "Who is this?" He would oh, always I say, I said Mark Knopfler, please try to pay attention. <laughs> so it's, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, go you click, click
1: that link. Yeah, If you lead that you're Mark Knopfler, like I'd be listening. I'd be like, what right. are you going to guy say, was, Mark This guy was some dude from Texas, you know. Did so. he drop a lot of other F words on the the calls maybe? Or, he or, he really didn't. He, he just was not,
0: mean to people. He, mean. he just <laughs> got him riled up for no good reason.
1: I, you know, I think Mark Knopfler might have been mean to a lot of people along the way. He ran his own Probably brother out so. of the band that's true yeah one that's thing true. i want to say is you know like the sultans of swing song kind of grease the wheels for this uh for the song we're covering tonight money for nothing uh that was a huge hit in america but i wanted to say their first two albums when the knoffler brothers were together on those those are fantastic i albums. loved uh industrial disease oh yeah it's nice. what a great yeah. song yeah that is a cool one i don't know where that came along but the first two i don't know if it's on one of those but those are really good albums yeah communique and the dire straits you know yeah uh, uh you know self-named album but anyway should we maybe mention that our band has done a song called i don't want my mtv yeah sort of the other side of the clear we're, we're going to record
0: it as soon as we can we play it live and it's one of our like favorites and it seems it's becoming a, a crowd
1: favorite it's 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 it's, it's yeah. slowly working its way into the bloodstream of the we didn't
0: we didn't mention uh, Dire Straits, but we need to to add some backing vocals that I want my... Yeah.
1: Oh, we've got to do that. And maybe we can do some of those spots like MTV used to have and, say, and just say I don't want my MTV. Yeah, like try to it. get it taken off. Get yeah, local celebrities to do it. Oh, that would get be Get Terry really good. Miners to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he might do it for us. I don't know. He, he seems might. to like you. He, likes he us, seems yeah. to like you. Well, it's great to be back on the old podcast. Yeah, we'll do some
0: more soon. So please come back and stay tuned and we're going to we're gonna pick out some more songs to talk about and have some more beers, and we hope that you'll join us and have a beer each time.
1: Yeah, and yeah. go
0: and, and visit. Uh, go get yourself a spotted cow. Go get yourself some uh, bourbon, some barrel bourbon if you can. Spotted cow is
1: fantastic, and we and we're sorry we pod faded for just a moment, but we're back. You know, it was a brief. Yeah, we're back brief for fade at least song. for a
0: while until we start doing our spinal tap show.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: it's a whole uh, other story, and we'll see. We'll you next talk about time, that later. We don't
1: even know what song it's gonna be.
0: He's saying it to the tune of "Don't stand so close to me," yeah. Which at the time I didn't get. No, I didn't think I of didn't that either. think about
1: it. It's so obvious now. It's so obvious.